Hi everyone, good afternoon and warmest Thursday greetings. I hope everyone is doing great and having had a great weekend. This week, due to work, uh, it was better to have the podcast on a Thursday and not a Friday. But thank you for joining us today. Good afternoon, Madam Speaker. Good afternoon. And good afternoon, Mr. President. Good afternoon. How are you both doing on a scale of 1 to 10? Mental, maybe even physical state, right? Because we talked about how your mental state can start affecting your physical state. So how are you doing in a state of mind and body on a scale of 0 to 10, Madam Speaker? Um, 7. Today is a 7. Okay, so what would be if you could describe how 7 feels for you? Um, it feels like not always like dull, no excitement. Well, that's yeah. sad, but also the <laughs> truth, because you have to say the truth. What else are you supposed to say apart from what it is and how it is? Because it's sad, it's unfair, it's unjust, it's undiplomatic. It's undiplomatic, it's unjust, it's wrong for you to feel like that at your age. That is 16, you're like, I have no excitement in life. That's so wrong. And I'm happy with this platform that we have because, yeah, more youths like you need to seeing that. Listen, being listened to when you have something to say, not when you have held it in for so long and for so many years because of bureaucracy, because of politics, because of so many things that people don't have time for you, for me, for all of us. When you bottle up feelings like that, it destroys people. This is the outcome from the insurrection in the capital to the protesting in this country to the burning in Amsterdam, to the looting and burning in Copenhagen. Remember, Madam Speaker, how you represented Denmark and how I've been to Denmark three times so far. And in every country, they have an amazing system of many things. But I was really shocked to have found out that even the Danes have lost their cool about the problem, the political problem going on in the world right now. Yes. Hmm. And Mr. President, how are you feeling on a scale of 0 to 10? Um, on a scale of 0 to 10, I feel like a 9 because I'm pretty happy. I'm not um, angry in any way, shape or form. So um, I'm not going to give you a 10 because a 10 is just too like, it's just too up there. But a 9 is pretty decent for how I feel today. Okay, and um, I'm just going to bring in something because I kind of plan the podcast every day until the day we have it, and just based on occurrences of this week, I just wanted to talk about something called the circadian rhythm, right? And that's your sleep cycle. So sometimes, like, we hear a lot when we're young that we need to sleep at night and be awake during the day, but that's not necessarily like an order as opposed to something that is scientifically supposed to be healthy because what happens when we're outside during the day especially if it's summer we're very stimulated by light by noise by action by people and then the sun goes down 
for a reason. The moon affects us in a different way. So your body produces hormones that if I start getting into it, it's just going to be too much information. But just to keep it good for our very young listeners is your body produces hormones, right? To help your body sleep, to help your body rest, to help your hair grow, that helps your nails grow healthy, all of that. But what happens when your sleep cycle changes, especially like what happened now, so many youth angry with every right in the world to be angry. I support them in being angry. I don't support them in how they had to show their anger, not how they chose to, because they didn't choose to do this. They held it in for weeks, years, for so many of them, an eternity. So you can imagine when someone goes out in Amsterdam, in Copenhagen, in DC, and they're burning and they're destroying in what is supposed to be the most advanced societies in the whole world, But then we have this whole social class of first world, second world, third world, developed, non-developed. So now I ask the audience, what is the great distinction now between a developed country and a non-developed country if we're all just doing the same thing in the end? What would you have to say about that, maybe, Madam Speaker? Um, that's a tough question to answer. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Okay, maybe yes. Mr. President has something to say while you think about it and answer. Okay. So, um, what I think is that a, a developed country and a non-developed country are obviously their countries. There's their countries, they're all in this, in this planet that we're living in. But I feel like if people come from a developed country, and for example they have a trip or something and they go to like a country which is not as good as theirs there there's a certain type of people who will be like this country is like bad they need improvements blah 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 and stuff and then there's certain people who are going to go to that country and be like this is such a beautiful country i love it's it's basically when there's people who compliment the country when they don't want to say like they don't want to show out like saying oh this country is terrible and stuff no they are saying this because they really love the country and then there's other people who are like oh this country is too small i don't like this i don't like that and it's making when people from that country hear what they're saying it, when when they hear that other people from outside are giving their country bad bad comments bad statements they're gonna feel they're gonna feel dropped they're gonna feel down they're gonna feel like all the work they've put in to make that country better is literally not not there and it's gonna make them feel like there's literally no point of working because even though they work hard and everything people still come discriminate talk bad about their country and they are just trying their best to come up they're trying to develop but because of the way people talk bad about it it just lowers their level and they just make it they just feel like there's nothing they can do yeah it's it's a matter of standards of people and standards of who they are and how they are. because i didn't create this first world second world third world developed developed corrupt non-corrupt this and this and this and that i didn't create that I was born into what is this vocabulary, but now I'm a 
comprehending it in a very, very different way because I've, I take my job and I take my work very, very seriously. And I know that many people will hear about what we want to do and might laugh or might have laughed two years ago when I started and they thought, is this kid serious? And I have never been more serious about anything in my life. This problem, we're not going to inherit the worst disaster in history. That's definitely one thing I'm going to tell the audience is our generation, my generation, especially yours, is not going to inherit a catastrophe. Because I've spoken about catastrophic chain of events. I was stressing people, rating people. Please, you have to listen. Please, there's a problem. Please take this seriously. Please, 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 please. And because I was just a youth, I wasn't taken seriously because there are people who are experts. This is what someone that is a diplomat in New York right now told me, oh, they're experts who are meant to do this. So how was that supposed to make me feel? I'm not an expert because I'm so young. I'm not maybe a Dr. Fauci, who is a great medical doctor. He's a great doctor, but because I'm not old as he is and because I don't have the government recognition or I don't want to have it in that way at least, that means that your opinion doesn't matter as much as mine or mine doesn't matter as much as his. The thing is that many people that's don't, true. yeah. Sorry, what are you, what are you saying? I was like, that's true. Yeah, just saying, it's just that I feel like my theory is that I think that every single youth on this planet has an answer or a solution to every single existential problem that we have right now. Every youth in this world has the answer. But this is the link. This is why the catastrophe continues because the last people that will be considered for anything, anywhere, youth. Because we're not old enough, we're not smart enough, we're not educated enough, we're not so many things. It's, I don't want someone to make an excuse for me. Give me a chance before you make excuses for why I'm not old enough to do something. This is what it's tough. Can you imagine at 21, at your age, I was having all these ideas, but knowing that no one would take me seriously. And of course, my parents did the right thing. They told me, focus on your education. Because if you're not educated, people don't listen to you. And when I say educated, I don't just mean school. I mean, really just absorbing information not limiting yourself to one language, to one thing, to one way, just absorbing as much as you can. Because, yeah, then you become a global citizen, right? Yeah. Yes. So just um, finishing up our mental warm-ups today before we get into the podcast. Um, Madam Speaker, do you have an idea of how to say human rights in Spanish? Um... <laughs> <laughs> Human, let's start bad. Human so, and right. Yeah, so human. I rights. think I should like I should like put human and right together. Makes it human rights. Like. Yeah, the okay. thing is okay, so um, in Spanish, right? Latin language. So it means that everything is the other way around. Right? In English we say a red car. In Spanish, when you translate it, it's a car red. So, for example, in English, okay. um, we have human so, rights, right? And human is so, humano. And then rights are derecho. So, how would you so, say that in Spanish then? So, I'll figure out one thing about Spanish. If you say a word like human rights, in Spanish, it's going to be translated as right human. 
Exactly. So it will be like the nature humano. Exactly. So it's basically the right of the human. That's how they translate it into um, um, Latin languages and not just using it as a noun always. It's more a state of being. Your human right is your state of being a human. So that's how Latin languages okay. see it. And then English is like, no, um, this is my human right. This is a noun. Yes. And Mr. President. Do you have an idea about how to say human rights in French? Um, try, try, try. French. <laughs> you know, the audience can hear you going, try, try, try. Okay, so um, <laughs> that's the word for rights in French. Droit. Droit. D. Droit. So we have roi is king. So roi is king, and then de roi is right. Because if I say droit, you probably don't always hear the D and the R. So it's de droit. So droit. Droit. Uh huh. Perfect. De. Droit. De. And human. I think. I think English human English. wouldn't be any different. I think it would be like. Spanish? Human. <laughs> Close. Close enough. So like long. So droit. De l'homme. L'homme would be human. So, droit de l'homme. Yeah, that would be human rights or the right of a human. Exactly. <laughs> and then in Portuguese, it would be direito uh, humano. So, Portuguese and Spanish are pretty close, but they're also really different, especially when they're spoken. So, in Spanish, you said derechos humanos. In Portuguese, it's direitos humanos. I don't know if you could hear the difference. Some of the letters. Pardon? Yes. Okay, great. You have... Some of the letters are changed. Exactly, exactly. That means you have a good ear for language. And when you have a good ear for language, you're going to be a great speaker. Because imagine if you can speak the way you do in English in many languages. How many people will have a lot to say about you in a very positive sense? But Anyhow, so, and we said Portuguese, and actually, Madam Speaker, uh, Ma Madam Vice President, sorry, taught me how to say that in Arabic, because I'm trying to learn Arabic. If we're going to do projects in the African Union, we cannot just cut off a large population of the African Union and say their language is too hard. I'm more like, I have a new challenge now, and I'm very happy about it. So it's supposed to be, Hukuk al-Insan. Hukuk al-Insan is human rights in Arabic, which would be what our projects, right, are all around the African Union, trying to make sure the youth of the future have human rights, right? Just like you have human mm. rights and I have human rights, it's important for people to understand the definition of human rights, right? Oh. Yeah, that should be the same with uh, Morocco, because they speak Arabic, so I think the human rights should be almost as the same as Arabic. Yeah, exactly. They speak French and Arabic in Morocco, and they speak a bit of Spanish also because they're so close to Spain. But can you, like, they're in a country where they speak three of the major of the world. Just before we get into the podcast, they speak three of the major okay. of the world. But what makes, why is Morocco where it is and not maybe where it could be? where it could have been. This is my issue with the African... It's not... This sad story, this sad African story, 
is not going to happen in our generation. That's just something that I can promise you. We're going to fight for it to not happen. The sad 54 countries said it's not happening to our youth this time and this age and this lifetime. It's just not happening because we're not letting it happen. There's always being left behind, always being in the backbone of history, always not having a, a, a global platform. This is why we have TAF because we're the voice for the voiceless. We're with the representation for those who don't want to or need to be publicly represented. But if you don't do this, if we don't do this now, who's going to do it for us in the future? No. Exactly. This is the importance to me. Sometimes I know that people are telling me I need to relax and take it easy, but I'm like, the world is going to chaos. And I know that it's part of my job to face it and to read it and to listen to documentaries and to read information. But you, we cannot live in fear of what is already happening. You cannot turn your head away from what is already happening. It's bad enough when you turn your head yeah. away before it happens and you know it's going to happen, but you can turn your head away when something is happening because you're too scared of yeah fear remember how we talked about fear last week fear is the worst yeah of many things because fear yeah. has destroyed lives and it's unfortunately stopped so many people from accomplishing something but anyhow so this afternoon uh, mr president is going to be discussing the republic of haiti right and yes. Madam Speaker is going to be discussing the Kingdom of Morocco. Perfect. Yes. So I will give Mr. President the platform today. Please open the podcast. Okay, thank you. So today I'll be speaking about the Republic of Haiti. So Haiti is located in North America and the capital is Port. I know how to say Port Au Prince, I think. So, uh, Port and so, port, so in, in, in French, right? When you have <laughs> one vowel and one consonant together, they link it. Okay. So, they do what they call a liaison. That means like you link to. So, it's, I know it's three separate words when it's written. So, you would think it's Port Au Prince, but then it would be Port Au Prince. Do you know what I mean? And that means, I guess. Very great job, though. I know that you guys are not learning French and you're not learning Spanish, but hey, why not just do something with our time, right? Do something productive with our time. Please continue, Mr. President. <laughs> okay, so their capital is Porto. Excellent. And yes, the president of Haiti is Jovenel Mosse. I don't know if that's right. I'm Jovenel sorry. Jovenel Moise. I know you don't Jovenel like French, but you're actually doing really, really well for someone who doesn't like a language. So imagine what could happen if you just maybe opened a book once a week about French, the language of diplomacy, and how we talked about how it's really important for a president to know French because French is a language of international peace. But I'll just let you continue that, Mr. President. Okay. So, their official language in Haiti is French and Haitian Creole, I think. Creole? Yeah, Haitian Creole. Creole. Yeah. 
and their population in Haiti is 11.26 million people. Okay, wow. So there are actually a lot more people than I thought. I thought Haiti, they say it's a very, very small island nation, but I thought maybe the population would be 5 million. I wasn't expecting 11 million, so it's obviously not the largest country in the world, but it's a lot bigger than I thought it was. Yes. Okay, so um, I'm going to start by talking about the education in Haiti. So... The educational system of Haiti is based on the French system. Higher education under the responsibility of the Ministry of Education is provided by universities and other public and private institutions. Many reformers have advocated the creation of a free public and universal education system for all primary school age students in Haiti. So this is the education of Haiti. It's based on the French education, like we spoke about a long time ago about French. And there are people in Haiti who are trying to make a creation of free public and universal education for all primary school age. And this I've I've not heard of. I've not heard of people creating free education. Like it's either there's already free education there in the country or the education is not free, you have to pay. But here, it says they are creating free education for public and universal um, people. So here in Haiti, he also said that the government is approving this because this is a really good idea for making free education for the primary school students. Because now, as you can see, Haiti is working on their country. They're working on their education. Because if they're not doing anything about this, you're not going to see them saying they're creating free education. No. Now it says they're making, creating free, free education for the people in their primary school. And the government is giving approval to this. And this is going to make Haiti, Haiti a better country because of what they're doing to their country to make it way better like other countries that have free education for the primary and sometimes free education for the secondary so that's what haiti is doing now they're making their education free for the public and universal systems for all primary school age students okay that's a lot of interesting information that i didn't know about haiti you know honestly this part is Haiti didn't really pop onto the world map until the earthquake happened in 2010. But I know how you talked about, Mr. President, about they're creating free education. And it actually sounds weird to say creating free education, but Mr. President, I feel like that's what you're doing right now for basically everyone in the world. Because you went and you took your time, you did research, you decided this is important information for people to know on a global platform. I mean, this is not you giving a presentation to your school, to your university, or defending your thesis. This is you literally giving free education on basically the best global platforms that anyone could ask for that have been given to us because you know what, hard work pays off. But anyhow, I just want to let you know that you are creating free education every day you do this podcast. I know how you said you didn't understand what that meant, but see it in that way. I think this is what it means that people who have an education are willing to share it with people who might want it. 
because it shouldn't be about I can afford it or not. It should be I really want to learn this and I have access to it. Yes. Okay, and Madam Speaker, I'm going to let you introduce us to the Kingdom of Morocco. All right. So Morocco, a North African country bordering the Atlantic Ocean and Mediterranean Sea, distinguished by its Berber, which is pronounced as Babar, that's the language of Morocco, Arabian and European culture influenced with Rabar, the capital, and it has a population of 36.47 million people in it. And also, Morocco, on the other hand, don't have a, like, a president like other countries. Like, for example, the United States have presidents. Um, Haiti, for example, has a president. But in Morocco, they have a president, but not a president which was elected. It said that it has to be elected by a king in Morocco, the king of Morocco, who is uh, Mohammed VI. He has to elect an, a president in order for the country to have a president. And right now, Morocco don't have a president for now. So that's what they're in right now. It's not much about Morocco, it's just simple. Yeah, it's, I'm, I've been to Morocco because it's so close to Spain, right? I had to go and for a while. I mean, for me to have said that I went to a country once yeah. just to see how it is and visit and to leave and to have kept on thinking. I thought the capital of Morocco was Marrakesh, even after having gone to Marrakesh. And now I'm here I am on a global platform realizing that I always thought it was Marrakesh and you're telling me it's actually, and I didn't know that because I, I've heard of Rabat, but we kind of always consider the big known city to always be the capital and that's not always the case, right? In most, in most yeah. countries and situations. Yeah. Okay, nice. So, Mr. President, would you like to introduce us more about, um, introduce us to more about Haiti? Okay, Haiti. So, the public health. In, in the past, children's vaccination rates have been low as of 2012. 60% of the children in Haiti under the age of 10 were vaccinated compared to the rates of childhood vaccination in other countries in the 93 to 95% range. Less than half of the population in Haiti have access to clean drinking water. So when I was doing this research, um, I saw so many things that like are really, really sad in Haiti. I didn't want to include all of them because it's just going to be really emotional. So. I just took out this one and I'm going to talk about why so so in 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 the research they say that Haiti has been having so many environmental issues so many public health issues that they don't have um really clean stuff like their water is not clean and half of their population have access to clean water and I this is really really sad because you know, your health comes first. And if you don't have access to something that's something that's going to help you, then there's it's it's going to be painful. Like, for example, people's family now in, in Haiti, people's family in Haiti don't have access to clean water and they they don't know what to do because now they're stuck there and 
there's literally nothing they can do because every time someone's trying to help it's 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 either they help like like a quarter of the people it's not gonna help every single person in haiti so haiti is their public health is just really really emotional and i feel for them but i know that they're working on that to make it better okay and madam speaker a bit more about the kingdom of morocco all right so the public health in morocco has a two-tiered um medical system there's universal public health care as well as a private health care system and the private health care system is uh, dingy at first but it may be better than a no health because the the health care like the um the public is a bit tough and different from any other ones like for example if you're to go to the hospital in morocco that's the public first you need to supply all of your items for example if you go to if you are to go to the hospital the, the the hospital is meant to provide every of your needs like the items let's say for example the towel the bed sheet the pillows water bottle drinking and everything but in morocco the situation is quite the opposite you will have to provide all of this yourself and secondly unless you require it pay extra money for you're not allowed to get any single room there even if you're with a child you're not to get a room and if you're for example you're go- you're going for a surgery that's that's like the the sad part because i don't want to say this here but it's it's sad in a way that i can't talk about it like that much because when i was doing a re- when i was doing research on it yesterday i felt like crying because for example a pregnant woman can go to that place and she is not allowed to sit a pregnant woman is meant to sit relax and wait for the host, um doctors to attend to her but in there no one attends to you unless it's your, it's your time no matter what's wrong with you even if you're having um what they call is concussion or what they, when a woman is pregnant <laughs> or when you get injured they're they meant to give you an ice to put it on the on the place that place they don't allow that so their system is totally different and nurses don't attend to you on time okay well it's it's information that i'm also hearing for the first time as i told the audience we don't pre-plan this and make it all perfect because that's not the point the whole point is to really do this honest work and what makes a good leader is what i ask myself and i ask the audience is good leaders are compassionate good leaders are honest good leaders are patriotic but not air-headed good leaders are hard working good leaders think about their people good leaders care that there are women in a hospital will never get the treatment that they want good leaders yes. are the speaker and the president of Tough International right now that are speaking that is a good leader is your compassion that connects you to people not your i'm a tough guy or i'm a tough whatever makes you feel like you're tough people respect you because they see your humanity and not your inhumanity that is something that many people i think empower need to realize this whole i'm untouchable fine you are untouchable but for how long nothing lasts forever who are you going to have around you when you step down who will support you when you step down who will be there and consider you when you step down 
maybe those are more important questions for some other day. So, Mr. President, if you would like to continue with Haiti, please. Okay, Haiti, the envir environmental issues in Haiti. Environmental issue issues in Haiti include a historical deforestation problem, overpopulation, a lack of sanitation, natural disaster, and food insecurity. A major reason for these environmental issues is that there is not sufficient protection or management of the country's natural resources. Other environmental issues such as decrease in precipitation and more severe natural disasters will likely arise in Haiti as a result of climate change. Experts agree that Haiti needs to adopt new policies to address both the issues that already exist and to prepare for the effects of climate change. So this is the environment in Haiti. They are having environmental problems. They are having serious environmental problems. They don't have good protection for their food, for their water. They don't have um, sanit sanitary. They have bad sanitation. And this is really, really sad because Haiti is one of the countries that is not known everywhere in the world. It's just a country that is, it's just there. And it shouldn't be like that. Haiti is a country that should be helped by the surroundings around it. It's meant to be helped by the countries around it. Because look at Haiti's state now. If they don't do anything in the next two or three years, we don't know what's going to happen to them. And they're having serious problems in the environment, their public health, and hopefully Haiti can do something to fix this because I don't want nothing to happen to the country. Yeah, that's that's very understandable. But yeah, it is all over the news. But can you imagine how much the United Nations has probably tried to fix this problem? But what, can you imagine having there are 193 countries in the United Nations? I think. There are probably less than 10 female leaders, which is just ridiculous. But that's just my opinion. You know, I think people just need to start choosing something different, trying something different. And that just means, have you ever thought of a world which has never happened in our modern day history, as far as I'm concerned? We've never had that's just been like, okay, how we have all presidents that are men and prime ministers that are men. 98% of them. How about we just flip it over and just have 100% women and give them one term and see what happens? Because you know what? This disaster cannot happen. Because this is not me trying to kiss up to women and go against my own gender. This is me going, I'm a diplomat. I've done the research. I've gotten the facts. And this is the only thing that is viable and makes sense to me. Nothing else is viable and makes sense to me because we're not going to continue. When you continue to keep running on the same like rat um, wheel, you're just doing the same thing over and over again on a rat wheel. Do you understand what I mean? The scientific experiment of a rat running on a wheel nonstop. It's just doing the same action nonstop, burning energy, yeah. but nothing is actually really happening in the experiment if you, itself, if you think about it. So we need to change that rat cage and just put it away and get a new different, I don't know, get a new pet for lack of a better word to put it. I just like to give my examples very simple because yes, sometimes there might be young kids listening and yes i'm speaking especially to them more than to anyone else because they need to hear and understand this but 
Um, Madam Speaker, going back to you now, uh, finishing up on Morocco. All right. So in the education in Morocco, it consists of um, six years of primary. Well, from uh, primary to senior class it consists of three, three years in all of it. And the education system is under the preview of the Ministry, ministry of National Education, that's in Morocco, MNS, MNE, sorry. And yes, education in Morocco is compulsory through to age 15 and is also free. That's what I like to hear. But anyway, um, despite this, of course, many children in the rural area, especially the girls, fail to attend those classes. Those who do again often drop out before they even reach secondary school secondary school level and there are shocking gaps in between the boys and the girls thing and in the upper school some of the students drop out because they need to help their parents with supplementing of their parents and yeah of course to help them out in the house not about the school fees or anything the school for example in the first place is free but students can attend the school and that's a bit weird and strange because i don't know why parents will allow their children to attend school and some of them get to drop out and all so it's somehow yeah, yeah i understand you because maybe the parents are realizing that this child doesn't want to go to school but does that make the child incapable incompetent incapacitated no it doesn't hmm. it just means that this child doesn't like that kind of education which means that this child should have the option of another kind maybe a different teacher because, yeah, your teachers tend to affect how you like or might not like a language. Because, yes, they're the ones introducing you to it. That's why the psychoanalysis, yeah. the emotional training, the all of that that comes into teaching is really important. Because you have to be patient and you have to be driven and you have to not be a quitter. Because... Yeah, you might have to explain something to someone like me maybe three times and not once before I get it. But does that mean that you should lose your cool because someone is not understanding it? And does that make them stupid? Definitely not. Because I'm like, if you can't transcend the information as a teacher to your students and make them understand it, then maybe you're not doing your job well enough or maybe they don't like you. I feel like it's always one of the two options. But as we're right, yeah, pardon? Or, or the time because it's it, when I finish research, it said that when a child is a student is taking a subject in the school, for a subject they take only like two hours, and for the whole period they only have four to four and a half hours. So I don't think I don't know how a student is going to learn in within four to five hours of a whole subject is meant to be like let's say supposed to be more than that so i think that's why students in their unlearning and they are dropping out time isn't enough for them to learn three to four hours isn't no, enough not. for them it's not enough to learn the, the many things that we have to learn our generation has to learn public health no. our generation has to learn how to improve the educational system because you both have two random countries that we chose have educational problems 
our generation has to know about our environment our education our generation has to know about sustainable development because yeah at this point there is no other option and remember how we talked about the existential problem of the homeless crisis and people are like they're surviving and what does that have to do in any link to covid-19 because this is this whole project this whole organization this whole tab is not just supposed to be about that but you realize that when there's a dis when there's an inequality in standards of living and when i don't mean that everyone can afford a house but some can have great houses some have smaller houses that's not inequality that's preference bureaucracy whatever someone wants to call that but inequality for me is like there are people who have nothing who own nothing who earn nothing and we continue with our lives every day and if i try to say or do something i don't know what took them there i don't know what brought them there you know people throw questions at me like what is my problem and i'm thinking as a medical diplomat this has to be my problem it's a medical problem and it's a diplomatic problem so why mm-hmm. is no one doing anything about it because they're too busy yeah. dealing with other things this for me is why it's so important to strike while the iron is hot that means you see a problem you start fixing it you don't wait you don't have to discuss it over no it's some some things like the constitution i keep going back to it when i say non-negotiate non-negotiable there're just some things that there've been so many decades of conversation that nothing has brought come out of it nothing because when you bring too many people together and they have to converse someone who eventually starts feeling superior because he has a better passport or he's a different he's of a different religion or he's a different gender or he's a different whatever because that's what happens to human beings but we are united at TAF from a common cause and a common problem that we know that we need each other but we don't want to wait until we grow up and someone decides we're old enough to get no we don't need an election i don't need an election we don't need an anything we just need the right thing to be done but we can tell that the right thing is not being done and that's why we have to do something but i'm learning now that people are taking these vaccines and then now there's so much vaccine bureaucracy that some countries have not even received one dose but some other countries have five times the dose they even need so yeah when you start thinking about that um, this is information that in from documentaries that i found out al jazeera and all these really respected platforms this is where i'm learning this from so when you hear that and when you're thinking about that and i'm going the money that was invested in one year to produce this vaccine was billions of euros billions of dollars because yeah covid-19 didn't discriminate it didn't care if you were rich or poor it came for you so if we can invest billions of dollars to create a vaccine in one year i don't know why we can't invest a billions of billions of dollars to fix the essential homeless crisis to fix the uh kids around with no food no water no education do you see what i mean and the thing is that yeah the strain is growing the variants are growing so for now a company a pharmaceutical company can promise us and assure us based on the hard work of their i'm not undermining anyone's hard work i'm just making people i'm hoping that people will see the story from a different side not from my side this is from gathering information from a different side of the story is that 
we've created vaccines that are probably going to be useless to us in let's say six months because COVID-19 has decided you guys are not getting it. You human beings are just not getting it. And this is where my anger goes, where I'm like, take a deep breath and just realize that this thing will continue. They will continue producing vaccines and continue thinking they know what to do and continue doing all of that. And in the end, it will just keep on getting worse because COVID will keep on multiplying. So now the variants that they found in Brazil, UK, South Africa, now it's in the US, now it's in Europe. By the time we have the technology to figure out the new variant and to understand how it works and its genetics, COVID-19 has multiplied billions of times already. Do you see how we are millions of steps behind a virus we can't even see without a microscope? But then the basic, pardon, please go ahead. And that, and the only problem we have with all of this, all this problem is we humans that created it because the only thing that could help all of this problem get solved is a helping hand, especially the government. A helping hand, that's the only thing the government need in order for the whole world to be at peace. But no, we are, let's say for example, greedy, you have a vaccine in your country, you have enough. Instead of you to share it with the other country, you said, no, you want your people to get healed, but not the others. But really, you don't know what you're causing at first. So that is really treacherous to everyone. To everyone. You're speaking like a smart person. You're speaking like a smart person. To everyone. You are a smart person. And this is what makes me angry is your intelligence can change the world. And you're only 16 but there will be someone who is 50 times your age or 50 years on you, let's say, who apparently knows more about what's going on right now than we do, or has solutions more than we do. And you're saying all that is necessary is a helping hand, but we're not even going to be given the helping hand so we fix a problem that is not our fault. No, we know what we're doing, right? So just let us keep on doing what we know what we're doing. Is this how you pass the torch of everything to the next person? Is this how a former president passes the torch to the next president? That's not how it's done. So now we're going to be getting the torch of world problems from people who will have to retire, who will have to whatever they have to do, but we're going to be getting it anyway, whether we like it or not. But all I know is other people have the option of receiving it peacefully passed on from one person to the next. Why do we have to be the ones to go like, oh, I'm 80, I'm going to die anyway, soon anyway, so this is your problem. Is that how it works? Because your kids still live on the same planet as we do, and I keep mentioning that because people need to hear that kind of truth. It's very important for them to hear that kind of truth. So when I go, when I see Russians fighting for rights of people in Nigeria, and I see Nigerians fighting for people of rights in the U.S., and I see people in the U.S. fighting, I'm like, we are a United Millennials. So when people hear United Millennials and they laugh like, oh, these kids don't. We are United people. I don't want to say United Nations because I don't want to do or copy anything like United Nations. I respect so much of how it works, but we are United people. That's what our constitution starts with. We the people, we the youth. Because 
it's either we the people and we the youth or it's we the youth but the future is still ours so just as we wrap up now I'm just gonna let you both say something and then we will finish up the podcast so it's not too long for the audience All right, I was going to say something when you were saying um, we the youths, the united. I was going to say like, yes, you're right. And bringing it all together, we are all a big family. But no one That's realizes the great that. the thing about technology. It's, it just made us realize mm-hmm. we're all the same. We might have different skin colors. We might be of different genders and nationalities and all of that. But when youth are able to interact on this global platform of digitization, that's what has made people realize we eat the same way, we sleep the same way, we burp the same way. And this is what has made the youth, the millennials, this generation from Amsterdam to Copenhagen, to DC, to Brasilia, to Abuja, to Moscow, to Sydney, fighting like, it's because you know what it's like we're, mm-hmm. you're gonna die anyway you might as well do it honorably is what i think is going on through so many youths which is so sad yes. because it's like you get locked in your mental health suffers many people are committing suicide it's part of my job to have to know about this information but then there's a virus going on but then the right things are not being done and then you know do you see why i say I understand why they're burning and I understand why they're looting and I understand why they're whatever, but what I don't like and what I don't appreciate and what I'm never going to allow an adult to say to my face is they're hoodlums or they are, uh, what is it, looters. No, they're angry people who have not been listened to for years and the only way that kids get listened to these days is if they get angry and they burn, then you get their attention. So. Is that being an adult when you don't learn to just listen to what someone has to say while they're yeah. calm? You have to wait for them to be angry, to destroy property before now we're listening to you. Now the world is listening to us. So, Mr. President, what is your word of expression or speech? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so as Madam Speaker said that um, we are all family I think, yes, we are all family and we should all be loved equally. We should all be listened to equally. It doesn't matter your skin color, your height, your age, you know, we're all family. If someone has to speak, we should all have our ears open because what they're about to say is really, really important. And that's what's happening now. No one's listening. That's why everything is going on like this. But if we open our ears, we listen, Very this true. world could become a better place. I just hope the next place. time I'm in Europe, I can speak to the Secretary General in his language or Portuguese and be like, I respect your work in the UN and I respect all of you, but I really, really need for you as a Secretary General of this United Nations to really put your people, your presidents in account to them having to take us seriously and them having to listen to us because everything else is not enough anymore what other option do you have is what i would say to the secretary general honestly because i respect them i respect their work (laughs) but they're tired they have grandkids 
this is not the time for them to be fighting for a better world. It's not time for us, but at least we have the age and we have the energy and we have the drive to do it. Do you know what I mean? It's unfair yeah. for someone to be that age and go, I have to stay there and fight with these yeah. people to do the right thing because if I don't, what else? Who will do it? But I don't want to learn to fight with people for them to do the right thing. I want to learn to tell people that there's a law and you can choose to do the law or not do the law. But if the you not doing the law is going to destroy our future, then we're going to have problems. Okay. All right. So with that. Very. <laughs> did you want to add something? So, Please go ahead. Uh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, I want to tell the youth and the elders that are listening more like the higher people. For them, whenever um, a teenager or let's say a youth is trying to say they can do this, they should try not to say the government, the higher people should not tell the youth, I know how to do it, I can do this, this is how it's being done. They should wait and listen to what the youth have to do. Because in some cases, the youth have the solution to what we're facing right now. The problems that the government are trying to solve, a youth can just come up and tell them the problem. So whenever a youth comes up to say they can let them, they have the solution, they should give a listening ear for them. And for the youth, they should try to be independent, love yourself, no matter the color, the skin of your color, wherever you are, um, the, your gender or anything, just try and love yourself because that's where it starts from. The more we love ourselves, wow. the more the world I feel gets like better. This was, I feel and like have I'm getting, this is like an epiphany. This is, I feel like I was standing watching you give a speech to the world. I mean, what an excellent <laughs> way to end this podcast. Um, thank you, Madam Speaker, for your work your civil service to humanity and to diplomacy thank and thank you very much mr president for your civil service and your hard work in diplomacy thank you